Hello, I'm Jim and welcome to the latest episode of VoiceWorks Sound Business, a podcast all about sound. Today, we are talking advertising, more specifically, audio advertising, the stuff we hear every day when we listen to radio or consume a podcast or stream music. As we've discussed before on this podcast, audio advertising is undoubtedly a hugely powerful form of advertising, but potentially one that is currently only unlocking a portion of that power. On this episode, we're going to look at the future of audio advertising by exploring some of the recent developments in the space and how those developments could shape the way we deliver adverts in the future and how they could become more effective tools. You may have spotted that this is part one of two. The second part of this mini-series is going to come soon and going to be even more future-facing. But for this show, we're looking at two key areas. In a little bit, I'm going to speak to Steve Dunlop of A Million Ads, who are an audio production company doing some really cool stuff around versioning of adverts, harnessing technology to deliver super focused messages to very specific audiences. But first, I want to find out more about Spotify's recent announcement that they would be offering clickable ads to their advertisers. So to find a man in the know on the topic, I turn to American advertising trade publication Adweek. Mark Stenberg from Adweek. How are you and where are you? Hey, I'm doing well. I am coming to you today from Brooklyn, New York. Okay, so, I mean, we're recording this in February of 2022. Is it a cold New York at this time of year? It is. We just had a big snowstorm recently. It was actually kind of a pleasant change. And now we've transitioned into the hideous ugliness where it's just been raining for the last two days <laughs> so it's pretty gnarly outside at the moment but you know it comes with the territory i live in manchester it the weather here is constant hideous ugliness and rain so you have my <laughs> deepest sympathy uh, we're not here to talk about the weather though we're here to talk about spotify and what they've done in terms of advertising recently on their platforms i mean there's lots of spotify news at the moment but we'll focus on the positive stuff because they've released something that they've described as clickable ads First off, tell us exactly what it is that Spotify have done. What they've done in a way is really add a really intuitive touch point to the podcast ad experience. Essentially, I think they made this announcement about a month ago exactly. They've introduced clickable ads into the Spotify app ecosystem. So whenever somebody is doing an ad read or really the the magic of it is that a clickable touch point appears in your app that Mm. reflects an advertisement that's run in a podcast. And really the sort of innovation here is that not only is there going to be a clickable ad, which some other platforms, some other audio platforms, like I believe Pandora has already accomplished that. The real magic is that the clickable ad touchpoint is going to remain in the app for up to seven days after the ad has run, basically. So it essentially allows you to hear something and then maybe a day later, remember that ad that you heard. And if you want to go find that company, it'll be within your app in a very easily accessible place. So it's almost like the experience that we have currently via social media, say Instagram or Facebook, where you'll be browsing on the internet, you'll see a product, you might look at it, and then for a week after it follows you about wherever you are. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's funny, because obviously, with podcast tech, it's really sort of like jumping forward to a place that a lot of consumers already are. 
uh, this idea that, oh yeah, you can click on an ad that feels like a little bit obvious, but there haven't really been intuitive solutions that have allowed mm. people to do that when listening to podcasts up until pretty recently. So yes, it's going to remain within your app. So you'll be able to look back at it. And that really Spotify hopes is going to boost recall and the ability to have the ad remain effective multiple days after it's read. Because as you know, a lot of people are consuming podcasts, let alone not looking at their phone, but maybe yeah. they don't even have their phone in their in their hands or on their person. So this ability to be able to return to that advertisement and access it multiple days later, hopefully can make a pretty big difference in, in terms of attribution and, and click-through rates. When and where is this available? Is this something that's available now? Is it in certain markets? And I, I'm assuming it is only available to advertisers who are booking direct fire Spotify as well. That's certainly correct. It's only available to advertisers booking directly through Spotify. And my understanding is that that will remain the case going forward. I know it's available for select podcast Spotify originals at the moment. I know that they have a rollout plan that I think by Q2 or like mid 2022, this is going to be far more available. But I know it's available in the US markets on Spotify originals currently. And it's something that they plan to kind of roll out to larger and larger audiences within the next few months. What's been the driving force behind this move from Spotify? Is there a genuine problem in terms of recall and engagement with podcasting and audio advertising where they've needed to introduce something to address the issue? Or is it just a case of, hey, here's something else that can potentially level up the effectiveness of these adverts? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I mean, depending on who you ask, people, marketers interested in having higher attribution rates are going to say, hey, this is great. There's another touch point. This opens up an entirely new door in terms of being able to get people to actually click through ads and turn what was brand marketing into a little bit more of performance marketing. So I think a lot of marketers are certainly going to be happy about the change. Uh, but then on the other end of things, the magic of a lot of podcast advertisements is things like the host read ad, where there's a real connection between the host and the audience. And there's a big understanding that brand marketing and halo effects and advertising repetition, those things can really be the bread and butter for podcast advertising. So this is a way I think for platforms like Spotify to kind of have their cake and eat it too. Whether you want to lean more into brand marketing, they have that. And now they're introducing this to make sure there's more of a performance element there. You know, certainly if there's any trend within the podcast ad tech world currently, it's a move toward more precision and mm. attribution uh, while maintaining kind of privacy rights for, for listeners. So I think this is a big step forward in that regard. But I think you know, be on the lookout for a lot more developments in this arena as podcast advertisers are, are trying to really turn their advertisements into a clear ROI. I was going to ask whether you thought this would be something, because it seems like such an obvious thing to do. I'm amazed it's not been done much before. But as you say, Pandora are doing it, who are particularly big in the States, not so big over here in the UK. Spotify have launched it. Do you think other people will launch it? Or do you think the challenge that other platforms have is they either don't sell advertising themselves or they don't have the same audience levels that someone like Spotify has and for this technology to work I, I guess it depends on you having your own platform and your own audience base that use your platform directly as well yeah I think you kind of hit the nail on the head I think that this to you I mean I agree it seems kind of obvious and so I imagine that in the coming years this will become 
something like table stakes for podcast advertising? Like, why would you not give the listeners a touch point that they can access a few days later and just with their finger click into an ad Mm. that they heard? So it does seem like something that like now that we've broached this, we're not going to go back. But Spotify does have an advantage in that it has an app that is the house of most of its user experiences. So it's able to say like, wherever you're using your app, this is going to continue to apply. Whereas a lot of other audio platforms, like I would just wrote about Sirius XM, fragmentation is a really big deal. You can be listening on your phone, you can be listening in your car, your girlfriend could be listening while she's in your car. So there's a lot of challenges in matching up the hardware and the identity and the advertisement into a cohesive, you know, persona. So Spotify has a bit of an advantage in that in that regard because everybody has to sign into their account and their listening history is going to be, you know, available to advertisers. So I think that they might have the technology and the capabilities to get to this a little bit sooner. But I think that a lot of other platforms are going to build up to this and, and are hoping to essentially add more touch points themselves. I'm going to dig down a little bit into your industry knowledge now from your work with Adweek and talk in slightly more general terms about advertising because we're a few years into what's been dubbed the pod boom now but I'd argue that the advertising market within podcasting still feels quite immature it hasn't necessarily kept pace with the content creation do you think there is a resistance from some advertisers to take advantage of podcasting particularly and the powers it has to deliver a message and connect with an audience and if so what is causing that caution did you hit on it Mm. or hinted it before in terms of kind of being able to track and being able to monitor what audiences are listening to and what audiences are reacting to yeah i think that it's in many ways just a technical sophistication issue i think that marketers are really keen to hop on to podcast advertising because of that intimate connection that i talked about a little Mm. bit earlier but i think in many ways podcasting tech has come of age just within the last two or three years i guess some would say and so in that sense it's still a little bit of a nascent technology and marketers who have to sort of defend their ad budgets are really looking to things like performance statistics in order to be able to do that. This effort from Spotify is one effort amongst a number of them from various platforms to give those marketers ways of more efficiently tracking the performance on their ad spend. So I think that this could open the door, you know, in a continued fashion for for podcast advertising to grow. But I think that fragmentation challenges, identity challenges, and just the overall nascency of the platform or of the medium are a little bit impeding adoption. But, you know, I would imagine that it's a sure thing. It's just a matter of time. What are you spotting at the moment in terms of trends in audio advertising within podcasting and within audio? Is it all focused on those issues you just highlighted? Is it always coming back to trying to combat or find alternatives to those potential problems? Definitely identity, which I mentioned, and, you know, is is a relevant issue within not just advertising, but sort of just on the internet at the moment. User privacy, how do you present people with targeted ads without violating their privacy? That's mm. something that publishers are having to deal with constantly. And now podcasts themselves are, are having to, you know, really design solutions that are able to work without 
a clear login in the same way that publishers have, but without you know abrogating that privacy. So that's that's an ongoing challenge and potentially one of the biggest ones. Just to mention really quickly, of course, the Joe Rogan situation at Spotify is emblematic of a larger issue that the podcasting world is going to have to deal with, which is, you know, once shows are being signed to certain platforms, you're going to have the same platform versus publisher challenges that other social platforms have had in the past. So seeing how podcast platforms deal with those issues is certainly going to be a, uh, an area to watch in the year going forward. And then beyond that, I guess the other thing is Spotify's clickable ads is one new way to add that touch point. Again, like I said, SiriusXM is experimenting with other ways where you can do, for instance, like a voice recall where you use Siri or some other you know, smart speaker to say, hey, what was that ad that I heard yesterday? Or you know, something of that nature, and it will be able to recall it for you. I also heard that they're working with a technology where you shake your phone and then it presents the last ad that was played. So the clickable ads is, is a very obvious way forward to go with adding a touch point, but look for other innovations in that space. We'll keep our eyes open and I'll be sure we'll get back in touch to chat to you as and when those happen as well. Mark, great to talk to you. Where can people find more from you and more from Adweek in general about the latest news in terms of advertising across audio and of, across other mediums as well? Yeah, you can find my work on Adweek and Adweek in general is, I think, ramping up its audio coverage as audio becomes a bigger and bigger player in the advertising world. Check us out at Adweek and then you can find me on Twitter at Mark Stenberg 3 So thank you so much for having me. You can find the relevant links, as always, in the episode description. And some of what Mark was talking about there in terms of data is also really relevant to the second half of this podcast with Steve Dunlop, founder and CEO of A Million Ads, a company that uses data to create personalized audio advertising to increase the impact of those adverts. Steve can explain it much better than I can, so I'll let him do that shortly. Now, I've known Steve since our time working together in local radio in Manchester, where he worked as an audio producer, which, as you'll hear, was the genesis of the A Million Ads idea. He also has some really interesting thoughts, just like Mark did, about where audio advertising is going in the future. So let's get stuck in. Steve Dunlop from A Million Ads. How are you and where are you? Hi, Jim. I'm very well, thank you. I am live from Manhattan. I moved, well, you can probably hear I'm a Brit, uh, lived in the UK most of my life and then um, founded the company we're going to talk about, A Million Ads, in 2015, but then moved to New York in 2018 to, to open our US operation here. And I now live with my family in Brooklyn and I'm in our office in Manhattan today, which is very empty, unfortunately, still. But I hope we'll start to slowly migrate back to use this lovely space we have here. That feels like the most glamorous location we've had for these interviews so far. What can you see out of your Manhattan office window? I'm assuming Central Park, that kind of thing. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, yes, exactly right. Uh, well, we're on 30th and Broadway, 30th Street and, and Broadway, which is kind of right in the middle of uh, the Manhattan Island. We're in the shadow of the Empire State Building, which is on 34th, 33rd and 34th Street. So it's, as you look out, if you crane your neck out of one of our windows, you can see the Empire State kind of looming over us. 
Fantastic. Uh, we're here to talk about a million ads today. Well, we're here to talk about the future of audio advertising, which I have no doubt a million ads will play a massive part in. I'm a long-time admirer of what you guys have been doing in the audio space in terms of your bespoke, dynamic audio advertising. Let's start off for those who aren't hugely familiar with what a million ads does and what you offer. Can you give us an overview? Sure. I actually used to be a radio producer. We used to work in a, a radio station with you, Jim, back in the day creating adverts and jingles for a rock music radio station called XFM. And in that time, I learned and kind of taught myself and was taught by my colleagues around me how to tell stories through audio. And I remember if we had a concert to promote or we were talking about a show coming up at the weekend, I'd make four versions of that bit of audio. It would be one saying, coming up this weekend. And then you'd do another one that would say, coming up tomorrow. And then on the day itself, it would say, coming up later tonight. It says three versions. Then you'd probably have another uh, you know, opt-out or a different version to do. So versioning uh, in, in audio and in, in a kind of marketing and, and advertising sense has been around for a long time. What I did when I when I developed a million ads was was to do that kind of uh, you know on on steroids. We can now version up to unlimited numbers of, of different bits of audio and change that audio based on the context and the data about the actual user that's going to hear it at that moment in time. It's the tool I wish I'd had when I was um, a little junior producer years ago. Um, and what we do is we work with uh, advertisers and publishers like uh, music streaming services and, and podcast players and, uh, and internet radio stations. And whenever there's an audio ad that's played on those services, we can personalize that. We can actually use information about the user that's, uh, that's listening at the time where they are roughly, uh, what the weather's like where they are, how many times have they heard it, what device are they using, what station are they listening to, what podcast uh, genre are they, are they tuned into. Use any of those bits of data to actually change the audio copy that they're about to hear. Whether that's the voiceover of the, the copy itself, the script itself, whether it's the music. For example, if you listen to some classical music, maybe we change the bed music of the ad to have classical so it feels more in context with the situation you're in. But also sound effects and things like that. So if it's raining outside, we might just put a really subtle sound of, uh, of, of rain in the background just to appeal more and feel more familiar uh, to the listener. Now, you're talking about, you're going back to 15 years and we we're working together at the station you mentioned, XFM, and you're producing all these different adverts. I think you fast forward to the current day and not every audio producer is still spending as much consideration as you were back then in terms of the versioning of a different audio advert. And many producers will hear what you're saying about, right, we can create 150 different versions for 150 potential different targets and that'll make their blood run cold to a certain extent. How does the technology work in terms of producing these adverts? Is it as laborious as one producer producing 150, 200, 300 different versions of the same audio? No, not at all. And I mean, that's really the, the kind of the magic or where the, where the technology really helps us out is, is it makes, the, you know, making 150 or 150,000 or 150 million versions almost as easy as, as making one. We have a tool that's a web-based tool that our users log into and, and we've constructed it in a way that's very kind of producer-friendly so you upload little clips of audio. So you might say, oh, it's raining outside or oh, it's sunny today. Or So you'll just record the smallest component with the voiceover or as we were saying before, the music or the sound effects. And then our system does all the heavy lifting of compiling and, and uh, you know, to use a producer term, bouncing that down into all of the different versions. And then the really important point is we do all the trafficking as well. So if we want to get 
get that advert into the the playout world or into the the stream you're listening to, into the podcast you're listening to. There's one tag. There's one. It's basically a URL that goes into the ad trafficking system, and then we do all the calculation on which is the right of those 150, 150,000 versions to choose for that user in that moment. So actually, the the workflow is very similar to、uh, creating one version, but for the same amount of work with maybe a little bit of extra time in the studio, getting your voiceover to record some of the alts actually then gives you you know the, the, it permutes to hundreds of thousands of versions. Now this obviously relies on you being able to tap into. User data, and we know from our experiences with using social media platforms that some of that user data is more available to some publishers than other. Does it very much depend what type of platform you're listening on to? So, for example, a Spotify, for example, if you're live streaming music, it becomes easier to be serviced one of these dynamic adverts than if you're listening to an offline downloaded podcast on your smartwatch, for example. Yeah, you listen on your smartwatch. That's very future-facing, Jim. I, I, I think it depends on the platform, and and one of the beauties of our、uh, of our systems is that we can flex. Based on、uh, what what is available to us. So, if you are, as you say, on Spotify, we might know what music genre you're listening to. They, the way they've phrased their their kind of data sets, a, a music、uh, mood and moment, I think, and and they can share some of that with us so that we can re- make the advert reflect the audio of the advert reflect those、um, parameters as well. But if we don't know that, then there are other things we can do. One of the simplest things we use, and actually in most of the ads we've ever made, is time. We feel very differently at different times of the day. So, you know, on a Monday morning, we're feeling different than we are on a Friday night or a, or a Sunday afternoon, for example. So, simply just time gives a load of contextual reference to the way a brand might want to talk about themselves. You can imagine a quick service restaurant. You know, particularly in a country like the US, it's lunchtime in New York, but it's breakfast time in California. So,、um, at the same time, we can be servicing those two audiences with the messaging that's most context relevant to them. Your point about offline、uh, podcast listening actually time doesn't work in that environment, but we have、uh, lots of other aspects we can use. For example, the type of device you're using, the genre of the podcast you're listening to, and actually location is still、uh, interesting. So the city that that、uh, you're in, we can use in podcasts as well. The the, the one we've used most in podcasts actually is genre. So your brand might be again, you know, let's say a, a restaurant brand, but if you're listening to a business use podcast, you might want to refer to your brand differently than if you're listening to you know a sport podcast, which、mm. would which would be relevant in your world, Jim. I think for me, in terms of personalised, targeted advertising, it needs to feel authentic. What are the challenges in terms of making something like this feel authentic, as opposed to potentially feeling maybe a bit gimmicky? Is the risk, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that's again back to my my days as being a producer. That's a challenge in the story writing and in the storytelling. It's and it's that that challenge has been true forever. You know, how do you tell a good story that's engaging and interesting and captures people's imagination so that they it stays in their mind and they go on and do something about it, like go and go to the website that you're talking about, or go and purchase the product, or feel differently about a brand. That is always true. All this technology allows you to do is do that at scale. Allows you to tell that story massively, rather than just on a kind of one to everybody. It's a, it's more a one to one. So those skills are still required. Obviously, if you go too far down the road, and 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 we get this question from our clients all the time. You know, if you use every single data variable, we're going to use location plus weather plus news. It can get too much, and it can actually it can sound like a jumble, and it doesn't it isn't as effective if if there's too much going on. 
And of course, there's always the worry around privacy and around getting too, I guess, a bit spooky if you know too much about someone.、Mm-hmm. And so we'll always be very conscious of that. I think if you start to sound like you know someone and you don't, then that's a privilege you don't have. You know, you've got to respect your audience in that sense. And so we're constantly giving advice and kind of consultancy to our clients around how to tread that line. You know, to sound familiar, to sound like you're aware of the user's context, but not freak them out by doing so. And you know, there are plenty of bad examples here. In other,、um, you know, you mentioned social media earlier. There are bad actors in in those environments who will use user data to nefarious ends. One of the great advantages about audio, and I'm sure you tell your clients this as well, Jim, is. Actually, it's a very closed environment with with far fewer players. So it's it's actually much harder to be fraudulent in audio advertising. It's much harder to you know be, be coming from another country and and you know and inserting your advertising, which are problems in in other formats. So audio is this kind of nice little enclave for the moment. You know, over time it might not be, but today it certainly is. What impact does this level of targeted? Personalized messaging have then is there data that suggests it improves recall or improves the uptake of a call to action? Absolutely. I mean, that's the reason we do it, right? It, there's, there's kind of three stakeholders in in this、um, uh, in this business. The first is the listener. First is you and me listening to our podcast on you know on our smartwatches and on, on our commute to work, whatever it might be, and everybody you know times that by by everybody listening to audio. These ads are more engaging, are more interesting, and so they tend to be,、uh, encourage higher recall, better brand uplift, all of the, the the metrics that advertisers care about. But from a user point of view, we feel better about when we hear these ads. Just a simple example: one one of the biggest ever complaints in radio advertising since the 1950s, when when commercial radio was invented, is repetition. Hearing the same ad again, oh my goodness, not that flipping ad again. We can overcome that by knowing how many times each individual user has heard it. So each time that they're exposed to the ad, it can be a different variety, a different variant. So that's just one simple way of making it a better experience for users. And if users and listeners are having a better experience, you bet the metrics are going to be better off the back of that. The second stakeholder group are the advertisers themselves, and and they care about effectiveness. They care about return on investment and making their budget work as hard as possible. Audio is a great environment for advertisers because it's a solo environment. You can only listen to one thing at once, so there's not noise as there are on display pages or in video when there's stuff around and happening over the top. You could, can't do that in audio, so it's a nice kind of clean place. And also, you've got attention. I've decided to listen to this piece of music or this playlist or this podcast. So advertising in that environment is very intentional. So, so advertisers love audio, but then when you add The overlay of personalization and of dynamic creative it increases that effectiveness. So advertisers love it for increasing effectiveness. And then the third stakeholder are the publishers themselves. So be that the podcaster or the platform like the Spotify's, the iHeart's, Pandora's, who are all partners of ours, they love it because it increases the effectiveness of their of their channel as an as an advertising medium. So the potential here isn't just to deliver a message based on a location or a weather or a team that someone supports. That message can be. Layered in terms of every time someone listens, they get a kind of continued message. So if an advertiser knows someone has heard that advert three times, they're ready for stage two or stage three or stage four of that delivery. Exactly right. And and one ad could do all of those things, right? It could do location, time, and weather, and sequence is what we call,、uh, you know, impression number one versus impression number two. How many times the users heard it? And it can do all of those things, and that's how you get the big numbers of, of permutations, right? If you've got two hundred locations times by four different weather conditions, times by seven different days of the week, times by I don't know five different impressions. I don't know what I'm doing a running total, but you probably got a couple of hundred thousand different permutations of the ad. You know, and and that's where our tool really comes into into its own is is at those you know big numbers that can reach good scale, and then each impression is is more valuable and more effective. I've no idea whether I've ever been served 
a dynamic audio advert, which I guess means it's being done well if I'm not spotting it. But I'm a sucker for <laughs> Facebook and Instagram advertising. They're platforms that know what I want to buy before I want to buy it. Are we going to reach those levels yeah. in terms of targeting or are we already at those levels in terms of targeting with an audio? There's a part of me that, that says I don't want audio to get to those levels for the reasons that, that we talked about before. It's this kind of lovely place where we're no, we don't have to worry yet about those because you know, the, the, the flip side of the social platforms knowing so much about you is that it can be used nefariously and has been and, and to a large, you know, you can argue has damaged society and so on, you know, and, and influenced elections and all, all the rest of it that, that probably is, is another podcast. But um, <laughs> and I don't want audio to get to have to worry about those things because actually I want to worry about how we tell a great story to listeners and, and make audio this really nice place for everybody, not this kind of Wild West area. However, there is definitely commercial value in knowing more about the audience that you're trying to reach and being able to talk to them in a way that, that is most relevant and context aware. So the more data you have, the more you are able to do that. I think there's a fine line and it's nuanced. It's not one or the other. It's a fascinating technology. And what blows my mind slightly is it's something that exists now rather than something that exists in the future. But what does come next in terms of the listening experience becoming even more bespoke from your point of view? Is there a missing piece of the puzzle that could make audio advertising more effective? How do you see it developing as we go forward? So I don't think there's a missing piece, but I do think there are pieces that can be combined. There, there are two really exciting areas that are developing uh, as we speak, and both of them are related to voice. So, so hopefully very relevant to your audience. The first mm -hmm. is voice synthesis. So that is using a computer to regenerate a person's voice and it becoming more and more realistic. I think, you know, back, back in the day, it was Kit's uh, uh, Knight Rider kind of voice, or it was, you know, speak and spell. Those days are over. You know, th these, these robot voices now are getting closer and closer to authenticity. I, d I don't think they're quite there yet. And actually, we've we've had a few, we've probably done five or six campaigns now where we've done what we call hybrid, where you have the voice actor reading the script as it is. And then for something like the location lines, let's say there are 10,000 location lines, you know, a, a, a retail store across the US might have 10,000 locations. We'll use a synthesized voice to record all of those because actually the kind of practicality of the getting a human to do it is, is, is kind of beyond. So we get a robot voice to do it. And the mix of the two, when you've got the human human voice doing the intro, maybe the robot voice doing the bit in the middle, and then the human voice doing the outro, sounds great and actually really passes the test. You know, clients still, and quite rightly, want high quality, high production values, and they don't want a user going, hang on, was that a robot voice? That's weird. You know, we still feel a little bit weird about that. So we, we, we've actually seen great success within these hybrid ads using, using synthesized voice. You know, these voices are getting, getting better and better all the time. So I think the amount of hybrid will increase and then, you know, how much per, seconds per ad of synthesized voice will go up over time. The second dimension is then voice activation. And we've done a couple of proof of concepts now with partners, including Say It Now in the UK, where you can talk back to the ad. So the ad, we, you play a dynamic ad and it might give you a call to action that is, you know, Alexa, tell me more about this brand. Or actually the one we did was with, was with a pharmaceutical brand and it was Alexa, add this to my shopping cart. Mm. So really there's a you know, live interaction at the end of that ad. You know, most call to actions in audio ads are like go to our website or download the app or, you know, listen next week or subscribe to this podcast. This was a do it right now. Just say it. And we obviously we know if this ad is going out on a, a smart speaker and so can give a call to action that is relevant to that environment. If it's not going out on a smart speaker, we give a different call to action like, um, you know, go to the website, whatever. 
and that was created great uh, interaction because because it was such a natural. I, I think voice is a really natural interaction in an audio environment. You're already listening to something, so talking back to it. Uh, so I think we'll see more and more of that over the next few years. And there'll be more on that coming soon on sound business as well. V-commerce definitely in the pipeline. And I'm making a note now that voice synthesis is a topic we're going to definitely have to dig into further in the future as well. Just away from adverts, has this got applications for content delivery? as well or do you think that's a bit of a stretch in terms of thinking about how people consume podcasts or how people consume radio now could you see that becoming more absolutely you know if if i was being really kind of highfalutin i'd i'd say this was a storytelling technique and tool and stories can be told in any way you know we happen to be deploying it in a in a commercial sense for advertisers to, to help them with their marketing but absolutely, it can be used to tell stories. And you can imagine kind of choose your own adventure style storytelling. We've actually done a couple of podcast intros where the presenter says, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Or it says, it's Tuesday and it's 23 degrees out. And then they go into the rest of their content. So everyone hears the rest of the content. But that opening bit has been dynamically generated for that moment, for that wow. user listening to that podcast. And that's what we used to do on the radio, right? That's what a breakfast mm. show presenter does. And for me, a natural evolution of those kind of listening experiences are to do that where actually the the users are now migrating, which is to, to podcasting and to and to streaming, but to be able to bring some of that, you know, warmth and comfort and, and familiarity that you get from a presenter when they talk like you do or they talk like they're from your town or they, they mention silly things like mentioning the time, they make you feel like you're more part of that story. So I think our technology can really help with that storytelling journey. It's absolutely fascinating stuff. Now, anyone who's listening to this, I think, will probably want to hear examples of this in action. Is there somewhere they can go to see exactly what a million ads does and hear it for themselves yeah well we've got lots of case studies on our website a million ads.com please go and have a play around and we've got lots of lots of you know proof of uh, of effectiveness and you know data that we've collected over over five years of six years of doing this now we've done thousands of campaigns for all sorts of different uh, advertisers in every vertical mainly in europe and the us but we're about to go live in india we've done a lot in australia and new zealand so yeah please go and have a listen and, and see if this is right for you Steve, thanks very much for your time on Sound Business. My pleasure, Jim. Thank you. If you want to check out those examples of A Million Ads work, you can find the links in the podcast description as well as the links to Steve's social media if you want to follow him directly. But thank you very much for listening to this episode of VoiceWorks Sound Business. If you're into audio production or audio marketing or audio branding or anything audio for that matter make sure you are following this podcast make sure you have subscribed wherever it is you listen because there's plenty more topics to come you can find out more about voiceworks at voiceworks.ai and if you want help with your audio strategy get in touch there and you can follow us on twitter at voiceworks.ai but for now that's it i'll see you next time when we can discuss more about what makes sound business (laughs) 